Welcome to the Rookie Runners Podcast, a show that explores the challenges and conversations runners are having as they begin their running journey. We run to become the best versions of ourselves, embrace the process, and enjoy each and every step. Now, here's your host, Ray Gerard. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ray. Glad to have you aboard. Did you know that you can leave a voice message for the podcast? Yes, a voice message that can be used in a future episode. Yes, you can. Just go to anchor.fm slash message. Click on message and you'll be prompted to leave a voice message. How about that? You could be on the podcast right away. But you might be asking yourself, wait a minute, Ray. Why would I want to leave you a message? Well, I'm glad you asked. It, <laughs> it may be worth your while. I'm holding a raffle this month. Each person that leaves me a message will be entered to win a $20 gift card. The winner will be announced on the next episode. Here's the deal. Leave me a voice message with the following. Your first name, where you're from, and answer this question. Why do you run? Yes, I'm interested in knowing because I know each answer is going to be very different. Why do you run? Example, my name is Ray. I'm from Virginia and I run for health and fitness. It's as simple as that. It'll take you maybe 15 seconds. Again, it's anchor.fm slash message. Let's have some fun with it. Good luck. I'll announce the winner on the next episode. We have a great show for you today. In segment two, I'll be talking with Joel Almonte. Wait till you hear his story. Very, very inspiring. The other day, a friend of mine and I were talking about running movies. What's your favorite running movie? So as we were talking about it, Chariots of Fire came up. And Chariots of Fire happens to be my favorite film of all time. Well, one of them. The film was released in 1981 and to this day remains legendary and deservedly so. The movie's main theme is about what drives people to do what they do. The two main characters are two young male track runners during the 1920s, pursuing their goal to run in the 1924 Olympics. And without giving too much away for those who haven't seen the movie yet, the two young men run for totally different reasons. And even though they run for different reasons, their drive and determination is what pushes them forward. That's usually how it is for runners, right? So these two young men stand for what they believe and refuse to sacrifice their principles and find some easy way out. So many people these days seem to be looking for an easy way out. But as runners, we know there are no easy ways out. We have to work for it. We have to stay consistent. We have to push through and get involved and engaged in the process. As the old saying goes, the only way out of a hard situation is through. 
you have to go through it and get to the other side. You ever go on a trail run and you're halfway in and you just don't want to go anymore? But hey, you got to get back. <laughs> so yeah, you get through it eventually. The journey to get to the destination is always more important and uplifting than the destination itself. I'm sure you've heard that analogy before, right? Perfect analogy for running. It's all about the journey. Those of you that like to dig into character psychology, you know, getting back to Chariots of Fire, uh, if you're into uh, character psychology, you will appreciate the young men's struggle to find their identity and purpose in life as you follow through and get into the movie. You'll also find inspiration as you watch them go through a roller coaster of growth, stress, honor, vanity, love, defeat, and triumph. All those themes are sprinkled throughout the movie. So the question that the film compels us to ask ourselves is this. Do I have it in me to achieve something greater than myself? Not just in running, but in life itself. Running is a metaphor for life. The way that Chariots of Fire defines success is as something that is noble and uplifting. A success that is achieved through commitment, dedication, honesty, and sacrifice is the highest level of achievement a person can achieve. So I definitely recommend Chariots of Fire. The film is definitely in my top five of all time. And it won five Academy Awards, by the way, including Best Picture. And for those of you who have seen it, who can forget the opening and closing scenes of barefoot runners running at the beach with the ocean as the backdrop and the haunting music of Vangelis playing in the background? It touches on the most fundamental feelings of inspiration in most of us. I loved it. And speaking of high levels of achievement and inspiration. Coming up next, in segment two, my next guest, Joel Almonte, brings it. I'll be right back with his fascinating and inspiring story. Hello, Joel. Thanks for joining me here on the Rookie Runners podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ray. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me to join you today. Oh, sure thing. Sure thing. Glad to have you. 
you were recently featured in an article in Runner's World magazine, and that really caught my attention. Your story, which started as a weight loss journey and then changed to a running and fitness journey. Tell us all about it. Ray, if you don't mind, let me tell you, I'm extremely honored to have crossed paths with you. Like I've been a fan of yours since we met online, (laughs) registering for the Shamrock Marathon. I'm not sure if you remember way back then. Yes, I do. (laughs) And I think very highly of you, enough so that I've asked you for book recommendations along the way. I'm extremely happy for the success that you have in your show, and I'm an avid listener, okay? And I also wanted to congratulate you on recently finishing and completing the Marine Corps Marathon. Like, I know that given the circumstances, you've been relegated to running your first two marathons on a virtual platform. Yes. But but let me tell you, speaking as a relatively experienced long-distance runner, and having completed three virtuals this fall, I, I think you're just certified tough in my book for it. Oh, and I think we, so much. we take... <laughs> It, we take it for granted, I think, that, um, you know, the the support that we get during races, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, it helps. It helps you finish cross that finish line and not having it really forces you to tap into something that, you know, you don't really experience unless you're forced to race in an environment like that. Yes, you're so right, Joel. Uh, it's being alone is so different. I guess I'll, I'll begin by letting you know, uh, mm-hmm. painting a picture of like my first, the first 20 years of, of my, my diet and fitness. Yes. Um, you know, I grew up in a relatively high crime area of Brooklyn and my parents weren't really uh, working on the time. So I didn't have an opportunity to go and play sports. There weren't m- much of that going around anyway. So um, I had the typical teenage appetite, but not much of an outlet to burn any of that off. Right. And uh, what happened was like, I just put on weight and weight and until I, but around the time I went into college, I was exposed to organized fitness and the gym culture. And at that point I was around 225, 230 pounds, you know, uh, definitely on the husky side of the scale for, for uh, in comparison to what was considered normal for my height and, and, and range. Um, and then I, that's when the fad diets began. You know, I started jumping on to uh, whatever made sense that I would want to lose weight so I could look like everybody else. Right. You know, I, I felt out of shape. I, I knew I looked out of shape. I was the type of person not to take my shirt off at the beach. And, you know, I wanted to just sort of change that already. I knew I was entering a certain part of my life that I didn't want this to be something that held me back. Right. <laughs> so in the uh, summer of 99, I came across the Atkins diet. And uh, over the, the course of those three months, I lost 40 some odd pounds and, you know, came down to the 180s and I looked and felt great. You know, I, that was the best shape I'd ever been in. Um, I was running, I was lifting and, you know, I, I felt great about myself. I liked how the clothes were looking on me. Um, and, you know, when I went back to school, so that stuff started to fade. Right. Like like most of the times, most of the times you tried diets. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, you know, a couple of years after my uh, college years, I moved further up north to New York and um, I had a really hard time just adjusting to to the, the different environment. And uh, little did I know that I was suffering from anxiety as well. But by the time I was 24, I not only put on the weight that I lost, but I was at 430 some odd pounds the last time I remember checking in on that scale. Okay. Um, I, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, you know, and that, that happened throughout the course of just about two or three years, really. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, uh, my best friends sort of intervened 
Like they, they, they saw something was happening to me and I was unaware of how I was spiraling out of control. I wasn't recognizing it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I moved back to Brooklyn and uh, the first two years, it was just sort of minor dietary changes. And I, I lost about 80 pounds within those first two years. You know, then I sort of hit a plateau, right? Like right. Uh, uh, I made the dietary changes, but I, my diet was still sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I, you know, I, I list, I read, you and I have this in common. We, we sort of read motivational literature, uplifting sort of material. Self-developed. Um, sure. mm-hmm, to uh, put yourself in a positive mindset. I came across a, a poem uh, by Rudyard Kipling, uh, If. Yeah. And... And I related a lot to it. I had, you know, there was just a lot of it that I was just, was hitting deep. And, um, you know, towards the end of the poem, there's a line that read, that reads, you know, if you can fill 60 seconds worth of, uh, if you can, I'm sorry, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, mm-hmm. then yours is the earth and everything in it. Wow. And very good line. Right. And I hit a chord. I'm like, I knew at that point, if I wanted to really take the next step, like I was happy that I was on a flow of getting healthier and I understood what other necessary changes I needed to make to my diet. But I knew if I wanted to make the next step, I, I had tasted athleticism once before in my life. And I felt like I was young enough and still, you know, developing positive thoughts that I said, well, the next step is for me to just start doing something extra about this. And that's when, you know, running really just became part of my life. I, I became the conduit for me to uh, take, that was the first step afterwards. And ever since then, it's just what I use to not only keep myself in good health and fitness, but also it's, you know, taken on a different role now. And it's a place where I, a, a time where I used to meditate, really, it's uh, very peaceful for me now. So that's great. You know, the, you in the article you're quoted as saying that you aimed for consistency, not perfection, and I like that a lot. How did you apply that mindset over the years? Just not worry about the outcome, but just aim for consistency. So I, I'm maybe maybe some of the other people that are listening to this that struggle with weight or or something in their life that feel that they can't move on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I realized that I was being too hard on myself that any step I would take forward, uh, if, I, if I decided I was going to eat healthier and I, and I would go a few days and eat relatively healthier, the moment that I ate what was considered a, for, a poor food choice, I was really, really hard on myself. And then the, the mindset starts to change there of like, why bother? You know, you're always going to fail. You know, you, you can't get anything off on the right foot before, you know, you just give up on it. And what I realized that, that that's not any way for you to really start talking to yourself, right? There's people respond best to positive reinforcement. Yes. And, and no different. You shouldn't talk to yourself that way if you expect positive results. Correct. So I started to, you know, change a bit of the way I, I thought I was talking to myself throughout the day. You know, if I, if I went four days with, uh, being successful on, on my, my, my weight loss plan, my dietary goals, then I celebrated the process. And if I fell off the wagon of sorts, I would say, okay, you know, you, you, you messed up today, but 
you know, there's another meal coming up and that's where you're going to get right back on the horse. You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it drag on to like, well, today is just a waste. Then I, I messed up at breakfast and I might as well just have whatever I want at lunch. And then let's just top it off with dinner, uh, you know, and it wouldn't change. Right. But you have the opportunity to change every minute that passes. Right. You have that choice to say, I messed up but I can get right back on it. Right, right back on track. And you mm. said a few years ago, someone said something to you that planted a seed in your... <laughs> they they yeah. said you, you probably couldn't finish a full marathon. They weren't trying to be mean, but you took that as a challenge. What happened moving forward? Well, yeah, that is, it turns out he's a great friend still, right? So I, I knew that it was more of the the awe of the event, right? Yeah. The the marathon itself, like, wow, you know, anyone who can just complete that is just, is just an animal, yeah. right? And, and Population, like, right? <laughs> That's what, we're, we're in the 1%. I actually read something that is 0.5% of Americans. <laughs> so, like, that just makes it even more ridiculous, yeah. right? But I had a half marathon, I believe, under my belt at that point. And I volunteered um, for the marathon that year. That's why the topic came up. And, uh, you know, as I saw these, and I grew up around the marathon, like the route actually runs right in front of my childhood home. So I, every year, just saw this bizarre event unfold in front of us and how it captivated the city. And, um, you know, I, I believed him, like, no, he's right. I, I actually don't think I can handle that mm -hmm. right now. But what it did was, um, you know, racing, the race culture, like the, I, was, I hopped on to running into the 5Ks, the 10Ks, the half marathons and so on. Um, what it did was plants that seed of, well, I think now I'm ready to extend my stick of sorts and and like the carrot is a little bigger and further away right but boy if i get there you know that's the big one you know that's i'm in my backyard if i can do this hey. right like this is home and it was just that thing this is what i'm going to train for okay you know mm -hmm. eight years you went from taking those first steps that you talk about and eventually mm -hmm. becoming a marathoner how many marathons <laughs> Um, I have 17 and uh, three of them virtual this fall. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. You know, as you know, I've only done two and I hope uh, there will be a lot more in my future. But you're definitely very inspiring. And I like this quote from the Runner's World article that you were featured in. You said, have a carrot at the end of a stick and run until the world becomes your carrot. Tell us a bit more about that. Please elaborate. Oh, yeah. So that's, I guess what I was, um, like I brought up a little earlier, the, for, my, for myself, at least, I needed to aim for something at first to, to get the ball rolling of sure. sorts. And, um, you know, then I used that moving forward for the first few years. I, I felt like I needed to kept, keep myself in check by monitoring the local race calendar and, and saying, well, you know, I'm going to take this winter season off, but um, I actually heard Les uh, bring this up in one of his, uh, in, in the interview you had with him. Oh, yeah. The Brooklyn right. Half Marathon yep. is really the launch of the spring run season here. Uh, like, you know, people, it's like the big ball. Everyone gets ready for it. You know, it's like 
we're finally let out of our apartments and the weather's good enough for us to do this. So what, it gets like 40,000 runners a year, oh, sure. I think. Yes. I, I used the Brooklyn Half Marathon as the um, the launch of my, my spring and summer training season to get ready for whatever I was going to do in the fall. Okay. And, um, you know, once the marathon became my thing, um, it just, that that's sort of how I prepped each year. Now, now um, because living in the Northeast, the fall is our big marathon season. Yeah. And um, I treated the calendar year in sort of preparation to be ready for any racing that would happen in the fall. So that was a great way for me to, like these little carrots that would set up for myself were a great way for me to start, you know, understanding how I operate. That's great. But at some point, you know, um, like running did something else for me. Like uh, the the anxiety I was once suffering severely from, it began to quench it. Like the 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 times where you're running and the connection of breath th- that you must maintain throughout a long run became soothing for me. And you know, the clarity of thought that came from that became my carrot now like i don't look forward to the race culture anymore i just really appreciate going out for runs now i love that and to add to your resume you you are also the captain of your own marathon team called the unforgiving marathon team and you've been recruiting runners and they, how are things going there for you oh yeah thanks for bringing that up actually uh uh, you know, uh, the story, thankfully, I've had tons of support as the years have unfolded for me. And um, we are now setting down the foundation to uh, re- actively recruiting nationwide uh, amateur marathon runners, um, looking to develop a roster of about 20 uh, runners nationwide to complement our local obstacle course racing team. Sure. And uh, what we're planning on doing is uh, having this grow into an environment with runners and coaches that uh, eventually starts to uh, encourage the the Olympic hopeful to come and train with us oh, and train through us. That's great. But at the same time, um, because of my roots with weight management and and running, like the identity of Unforgiven and its fitness goal is to encourage people just like where i was coming from to come in and 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 appreciate the the natural exercise of running like this is innate in us to to run so the average runner can participate as well and right and you know and most people have are intimidated with the regular gym and weights and so on whereas we are solely focused on working with your mechanics and uh introducing you to uh, a training program that it's not just fun, but also sets you up into a, a possibility of entering the race culture, like right. what really got me going and kept me steady. Exactly. And, you know, this journey, that's what I like about running. This journey has become something greater than yourself, Joel. And that's what I like about it. We, and running and fitness, we tend to surprise ourselves as to what we're capable of. And the journey definitely takes us to places that we never imagined. And you, my friend, are a perfect example of that. I'm really glad that I met you. I'm learning a lot from you as we uh, progress and get to know each other. What would you give the new runner that's just starting out into their journey? You know, I, I, again, because of my place now and like what running means to me, 
what it does for me. And when I think back at the challenges, I mean, I, to, to tell someone who's, who's not a fan of running, to say, hey, you should just give it a go. Like there aren't moments of just agony to really get that ball right. going. You know, that, that's not, that's not, that's not how I, I like to approach things yeah. with people. But, but I can tell them, especially those that have, have gotten a chance to see me unfold, you know, as running has taken over my life in that way that you know they're, they're, they say that the greater the sacrifice the greater the, re the reward right so i think the process of becoming a runner will not only yield the physical results some people are looking mm -hmm. for but i personally believe it's it's the mo it's the best natural anti-anxiety antidepressant it's it's just it's just has a it has molded my life into something else it's giving me the the, the ability to think that I can continue into the next step right now. I have my eyes set on an Ironman now yes. because of running, you know, I, I started there and like, okay, what else can I do? Right. So you keep progressing forward. Definitely words of wisdom, Joel. Uh, Thank you, sir. We can all learn from that. And I got to tell you, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. I hope to run with you in a race, uh, possibly in 2021 when, uh, <laughs> is lifted, yeah. right? Thank you. Thank you very much, Ray, for your time. Thank you for letting me be on your show. Oh, sure. It's been a pleasure. I wish you well in all your training and all that you do. All the best. And we'll be talking again soon, okay? Okay, sir. Have a great day. You too. And welcome to segment three. Shall we wrap it up? Yes, we can. But I wanted to just share with you for a few minutes that the, um, the Rookie Runners podcast is all about stories. The stories that we share. We all have a story. And it is my goal that in sharing these stories with you that you could catch a gem in one of those stories that may inspire you and motivate you to be better. I really enjoyed talking with Joel. His has been quite a journey. And his journey continues. As is all of our journeys. We all have stories. And we all have our own our journey to tend to. You can follow Joel on Instagram. His Username is at Unforgiving Fitness. It's spelled U-N-F-R-G-V-N Fitness. Definitely give him a follow. Speaking of Instagram, please follow the show at Rookie Runners Podcast on Instagram. Rookie Runners on Facebook. And on Twitter. We are at runner underscore rookie. What are you doing this weekend? This upcoming weekend, I have a race. Well, actual, actually, it's a, a run. The virtual Norfolk Harbor Half Marathon. I'll be running that in a, on Sunday. Today is uh, Thursday. So I got a couple days 
Get ready. I don't expect that I'll be pursuing a PR because uh, I'm not in as good a shape as I was back in the beginning of the year. So I expect that this run will just be a cruise at a conversational pace. <laughs> just going to enjoy the ride. Hope your upcoming weekend and Thanksgiving holidays go well. Keep the conversation going, folks, on all social media. Drop me a line if you have a question. Leave me a review for the cast if you like what you hear and feel compelled to share your thoughts with the world. Otherwise, I will catch you on the next one. This is Ray. Until then, stay well, run strong, and run happy.